Hello and welcome to Timeless Files, a fan podcast for the TV show Timeless. This week we're going to be looking at episode 2, The Assassination of Abraham Lincoln. It's another fun episode that picks up on Lucy's story particularly and develops that. There's lots to talk about, lots to enjoy, maybe one or two things to discuss that uh, I didn't enjoy quite so much. I am your host, Chris Butler. Before we get into this episode, I'll just talk quickly about some production social media stuff that's been going on this week. It was Thanksgiving, of course, in America this week, and there were a few behind-the-scenes photos that came out on Instagram and Twitter, so they were nice to see. Apparently the second episode to be filmed is actually episode three of the series, series two, and it was widely reported this week that Michael Rady will have a recurring role in series two. I'm not a big fan of spoilers for things that I haven't seen yet, so I don't want to say too much about season two. But if you're keen to grab every little piece of information that comes out, um, there was a photo from the table reading of episode three, which revealed a couple of other cast names and character names. If you look closely at the photo, I'll leave that with you to look if you want to. On the Timeless Files Twitter feed, I had said in the last Timeless Files podcast that the ratings for season one of Timeless had fallen off in the States towards the end of the first series. But Miracle pointed out that if you factor in the people that watched it later in the week, then Timeless still had a very big audience. It was shown at 10pm in the States, which is really not an appropriate time slot for it. So I hope when it comes back next year that it gets a better time slot, that it gets even more viewers, so that we get series three, four, and on into the future. Okay, so this week we're here to discuss series one, episode two. So let's get into it. Okay, so as with episode one, this episode starts in the past with, in this case, a reenactment of the assassination of Abraham Lincoln by John Wilkes Booth. Caption comes up April 14, 1865. Lincoln is at the theatre, watching a play called Our American Cousin. We get a glimpse of Booth before the killing and learn that he was an actor himself. Then we see him steal his way into the box where Lincoln's watching the play and shoot Lincoln in the head. It's a very short scene, but it certainly serves to remind everybody what happened with Lincoln. Okay, then we cut back to Lucy Preston, who's still reeling from the shock that she got at the end of the previous episode, with the triple whammy that her personal history has changed, such that her mother is no longer ill, but her sister Amy has been completely erased from history, and she's apparently engaged to a man she doesn't know. She's rushing back into Mason Industries, and asks the other two who travelled in time with her, Wyatt and Rufus, uh, has anything happened to their history? 
happen, but they say no, it's much as it was before. But Lucy still has her, her memories of the previous timeline and a locket she wears around her neck that shows a photo of her with her sister still shows her sister. So because she was the one travelling in time with the other two, they still remember how things were. Connor Mason, whose company invented the time machine, is fascinated by all this, which of course doesn't impress Lucy at all. She tells him he's got to change everything back. But before they can think about that very much, Agent Christopher, the Homeland Security agent, tells them that because Flynn has taken the time machine back to 1865, they need to get moving and prevent Flynn from changing history again. Lucy asks an important question, which is, well, hang on a minute, if they've got time machines, why do they need to go immediately? Whenever they like, they could travel back to 1865. But... Agent Christopher points out that's not the case because at any moment if Flynn was successful in changing history then the whole setup could change radically. Um, it could be that Lucy never got involved with time travelling in the first place and therefore their opportunity to fix things will be gone so they really need to go as quickly as possible and try to prevent Flynn from doing whatever he intends to do in the past. One thing that I like here is that it's Wyatt who very much sides with Lucy, telling the others to just back off for a minute and give her a chance to come to terms with what's happened to her before insisting that she goes out on another mission. I think, you know, as the soldier in the group, Wyatt could quite easily have been written as being completely useless in a situation like this. He shows a lot of empathy for the people around him, though. But actually, once Lucy realises that the time period that Garcia Flynn has gone to is to do with the assassination of Lincoln, she sees the importance of acting. And she puts aside her personal difficulties. If anything, she's the one that then drives the story forward at this point. But before they make the journey, a couple of other things happen. The first is that while Lucy is getting into period costume, the technician Gia, played by Claudia Dumit, I hope I've got the pronunciation of that right, she talks to Lucy and says that she will personally look into how this change to Lucy's personal history could have occurred. And she needs birth dates and that kind of thing for her parents and with that information she'll try and see how uh, the events that happened in the Hindenburg in episode one could have impacted her life. And in another scene we get another conversation between Mason and Rufus in which we get two very important new pieces of information. The first is that Mason notices in footage of Flynn's theft of the mothership time machine that Flynn went straight for the project leader Anthony and abducts him during the theft of the time machine 
And since we're told here that Anthony was one of only two pilots who could fly the machine, Rufus is obviously the other one, Flynn must have had some inside information about the project team. At this point, Anthony hasn't been seen again. He was not seen in episode one, apart from at the beginning when the time machine is stolen. So there's a bit of mystery brewing around Anthony. Presumably he must still be alive because apparently he's one of only two people capable of flying the time machine. So what's become of him? And incidentally, this probably explains comment that Mason made to Rufus in episode one where he said that they both knew that Rufus was the only one that could fly the lifeboat time machine. It was a bit unclear to me at the time but if Rufus is literally the only pilot then that explains why he was the one that had to go on the first mission. The other thing is that Again, Mason asks Rufus to make audio recordings during the mission that he's about to undertake. And Rufus says, what are Rittenhouse going to do with these audio recordings? Now, Rittenhouse is the word that Garcia Flynn used when he told Lucy in episode one that she should ask Homeland Security about the Homeland Security said they knew nothing about any Rittenhouse, but it's clear that Mason and Rufus do. Uh, we still don't know what it is, but whatever Rufus knows, he's withholding it from Lucy. So all of a sudden we have something that divides the three lead characters who are about to go on this mission. One of them is withholding information from one of the others. So all is not as rosy between these three as it at first appeared. And of course this is something that's going to get developed as the series progresses. So Lucy, Wyatt and Rufus climb aboard the lifeboat time machine. And as it vanishes there's a whoosh of air around the lab sending pieces of paper flying everywhere. And uh, Colin Mason says very dryly, we really need to get some paperweights, which is funny in the moment. And um, if you watch out for it, when the time machine comes back towards the end of the episode, um, they have got paperweights holding everything down. So that's funny too. So they arrive in 1865, they decide to split up to try to find Booth, the killer. There's another nice little physical comedy moment that the cast seem to be very good at, where Lucy and Wyatt say that they're splitting up and walk off in the same direction and then have to course correct. The credits are rolling at this point. Once again, I think the writers have done a great job of setting up a lot of things for the story in not many minutes of screen time. This episode is directed by Neil Marshall again, who directed the pilot episode. And it's written by Tom Smuts, 
who also has a co-executive producer credit on quite a few of the episodes in the series, but not all of them. He's also written for shows like Bosch and Mad Men, and this is the first of two episodes that he's written for this first series of Timeless. I think his other episode is episode 10. So on with the story then. Uh, Rufus is just standing around outside and uh, he's seen by some African-American soldiers who are excited because this is meant to be the end of slavery at this point in history. But uh, the assassination of Lincoln is going to change all that. The soldiers assume at first that Rufus is a senior officer because of the stripes on his uniform. But the uniforms that Rufus and Wyatt are wearing are actually Civil War reenactment costumes and not genuine at all. And although the soldiers at first uh, ask Rufus to write some letters for them because he tells them he can write and they can't, um, as the conversation progresses they realise that the costume is fake and think that he's just dressing up as a soldier for some reason um, and it's escalating into a heated argument and Rufus just has to get himself out of there as quickly as he can without arousing further suspicion Rufus is a technician remember he's not a soldier He's not used to being in these kinds of situations, apart from his adventure on the Hindenburg in the previous episode. John Wilkes Booth's movements on this particular day are pretty well documented, so Lucy has a good idea about how to find him. But before she does, she meets Robert Todd Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln's son and ends up engaged in conversation with him Robert Todd Lincoln talks about how his father is only just beginning with the work that he's doing and you can see this weighing on Lucy's mind you know the implications of trying to maintain the current known history which might have been much better for a lot of people if Lincoln had lived and subsequently when Lucy meets up with Wyatt and Rufus again and they follow Booth obviously hoping to find some sign of Flynn the three of them continue to have that discussion and again Lucy finds herself the odd man out wanting to preserve the history when Wyatt and Rufus are seriously considering whether it would be better to change things. I suppose I had some reservations about this from a writing perspective. Certainly Wyatt, I would expect more discipline from him. He knows what his mission is, and yet he constantly questions whether it's the right thing to do not to interfere with history as we know it but at least it allows the three of them to debate the issue 
And I guess that's what the writers were going for, to really ask these kinds of questions around whether history as we know it is better or worse than history as it could have been. I suppose you could argue that the episode has been a bit slow and talky so far. Uh, that's all about to change because Booth leads them all to a location where they see Flynn and Flynn sees them and immediately guns are drawn and there are bullets flying everywhere. So Wyatt, Lucy and Rufus try to fall back but Wyatt is shot. Um, turns out to be a fairly minor wound but of course... Uh, with no proper medical care available to them it could easily turn out to be a fatal injury so certainly one thing they need to do is to get the bullet out which is only just under the skin apparently according to Wyatt but um, neither Rufus nor Lucy have any medical training um, but Rufus agrees to get the bullet out with a knife. The three of them are at a bit of a loss to understand why Flynn is here and what he's attempting to do. Um, Lincoln was already killed in the history that we know. But Lucy theorises that um, maybe what Flynn is after is to help with what was a bigger conspiracy to kill more than just Abraham Lincoln um, there were also plans to kill Vice President Johnson and Secretary of State Seward and General Grant um, and if if all of those people had been killed um, American history would be unrecognisable Lucy argues so what they need to do is to try to ensure the survival of these other men. So Lucy leaves Rufus treating Wyatt's injury and she goes to try and make sure that General Grant gets onto a train that in history we know should be taking him away from these events. Well, when she gets to the train station, she finds that the train has been sabotaged. At least that's what we assume. And she runs into Robert Todd Lincoln again. And discovers that he and General Grant are now intending to attend the theatre in the evening alongside Abraham. And Robert Todd Lincoln asks Lucy to accompany him to the theatre that evening. Having met her twice in one day, he argues that it must be fate that has been bringing them together. And because Lucy's aim at this point is to make sure that Robert Todd Lincoln and General Grant survive, she accepts the invitation so that she can stay close to them. She tells him the hotel where she's staying and starts to walk away. But once out of sight of Lincoln, she runs straight into Garcia Flynn. <laughs> 
Lucy's furious with Flynn because of everything he's done and especially the loss of her own sister. Flynn says that he's lost his whole family. Uh, Lucy says that Flynn himself had killed his own family, which was what she's been told. He says that he didn't do that, that Rittenhouse did it. Lucy says she's asked about Rittenhouse. Nobody knows anything about it. Um, she's assumed that it's a person, but he says it's not a person. It's a, a group of some kind. He just says they are Rittenhouse. And he claims that he's not trying to destroy America, as she has accused him of trying to do. He's trying to save it. And not only that, but one day Lucy will help him. He tells her to stay out of his way and he storms off. The conversation does nothing to change her plans. She returns to the hotel where Rufus has finished removing the bullet from Wyatt. There's a fun little part here where um, it's clear that Lucy's been out shopping between seeing Flynn and arriving back at the hotel. She's carrying a dress box with her. Well, she's been invited to the theatre, right, by Robert Todd Lincoln, so she needs something to wear. And she's also bought two guns while she's been at it. Uh, one for herself, one for Rufus. Wyatt's obviously got his own gun already. It reminds me of the scene in episode one where Lucy was disapproving of the fact that Wyatt had brought uh, a modern gun back into the past, which would be problematic if he were to lose it. So the fact that she bought two period guns for herself and Rufus sort of reflects her wishes not to mess with time in a small way. I kind of wish we'd seen that scene where she went shopping, but in any case, it's fun that they don't just gloss over the fact that she needed a dress to wear and she didn't bring one with her in the time machine. So they do address that and I think that was a nice touch. But back then to the ongoing story. It's interesting that Lucy tells the others that she saw Flynn leaving the train station, but she doesn't tell them that they spoke, which I think is a clear indication that she's getting very conflicted and unsure who it is she should trust at this stage anyway. They have a further argument about whether they should actually try to save Abraham Lincoln, in which Wyatt has another go at her saying that she's quite prepared to let Lincoln die, but wants her own sister to live. I mean, where does she stand on Wyatt's wife, who died years previously? Will Lucy argue that Wyatt's wife needs to stay dead as well? Again, it seems very unjustified for Wyatt and Rufus to be arguing this with Lucy. In any case, they have to proceed with their plan. Uh, Lucy is going to try to make sure that General Grant and Robert Todlin can survive the night, while Rufus will try to protect Vice President Johnson and Wyatt will try to protect Secretary of State Seward. This idea that somehow an older Lucy is going to help the Flynn that we're seeing here 
seems a bit problematic to me in terms of the rules of the show because this is presumably going to happen before Flynn ever steals the mothership time machine as he did in episode one which implies that either he's already travelled back in time but not with this time machine or that Lucy has travelled in time within her own lifetime which is also problematic in the rules of the show although they haven't really made it clear whether people can travel in time within their own lifetime as long as they don't meet themselves but I guess there could be any number of ways in which the two of them could meet somehow in future stories perhaps the conversations or whatever that they have actually occur far in the past rather than within their own lifetimes but if that's the case then Flynn is somehow already travelled in time using another time machine or I guess it could be the same one but years later somehow hmm I would hope that the writers have, have got this figured out as to how this could happen and it's it's going to be very interesting to see if and when they finally reveal how the two of them get to help each other. So Flynn has assembled the team of people who are going to carry out these killings. It's not clear whether he's recruited locally in this time period or whether he's brought his own people back from the future. He's getting frustrated with John Wilkes Booth, who refuses to use the um, semi-automatic weapons that Flynn has offered him on the grounds that he wants to stick with his own plan, which he's had in mind for some years now. And as we get to the night of the play again, Flynn loses patience with Booth completely and knocks him out and decides to take his place and kill Lincoln and Grant himself. And we're into the main kind of action-adventure ending of this episode. Wyatt ends up in a fist fight with one of Flynn's men but eventually manages to get hold of his gun and shoot the man dead. So that's Seward saved. Rufus has a little more trouble. He um, runs into the soldiers that he spoke to earlier in the episode who identified him as not a real soldier. And they stop Rufus and ask him what he's doing hanging around where the vice president is. But eventually he manages to break free from them just in time to stop the attempted killing of Johnson. But the primary focus is on Lucy and her dilemma as to whether or not she should try to protect Abraham Lincoln as well as the others. And it's another great performance by Abigail Spencer. You can really see how conflicted she is. And when it's Flynn that comes through the door, not Booth, She's momentarily stunned, but she does call out to Abraham Lincoln to try to warn him. And as she talks about in a later scene, 
it's one thing to think abstractly about how history should unfold as it's expected to. It's quite another to stand there and see somebody shot dead in front of you. But she does do what she set out to do, which is to prevent Flynn from shooting General Grant. There's a moment where she has a chance to shoot Flynn and she freezes, which is understandable because like Rufus, she's not a soldier. But Flynn escapes and Lucy did at least achieve what she set out to do, which was to ensure that Grant and Robert Todlin can are not killed by Flynn. So Wyatt, Rufus and Lucy are all reunited. They've all succeeded in what they set out to do, but Flynn has escaped again. They get back in the lifeboat and head back to the present day. So as was established in the first episode, they return to a version of history that matches what's now happened as a result of the events that they've been through. So Lincoln was killed by a mysterious man who was never found, rather than by John Wilkes Booth although Booth was still hunted down as a conspirator and a mysterious woman is credited with saving General Grant, which was obviously Lucy. At this point we return back to Lucy's earlier conversation with the technician Gia, who promised to investigate her family history for her. And we actually get an explanation for why Lucy's sister Amy has been erased from history. It turns out that one of the survivors of the Hindenburg crash, a descendant of hers, eventually marries Lucy's mother instead of the man that married her mother in the original history. So this all starts to fall into place for Lucy. Her mother's good health is because she never started smoking and never got cancer which Lucy blamed on her father. But now they never met, so that never happened. And she starts to understand why her sister was never born, because her parents never got married. But of course, all this is leading to how then was Lucy herself born if her parents never married, and as far as anyone could tell, never even met. So... The conclusion she has to draw from that is that the man she's always thought of as her father is actually not her biological father and that her mother has never been honest with her about this. So the revelations just keep coming for Lucy. Um, and certainly I think looking at these first two episodes as a whole it's really revolving around her more so than any other character. But it's early days yet and we'll see where this leads as the series progresses. 
The episode is winding down now. We get another scene between Connor Mason and Rufus, where Rufus says, I'm not making these audio recordings anymore. Lucy and Wyatt trust me. It's suggested that Rufus doesn't really know what Rittenhouse is. He just knows that they're behind Mason's insistence that Mason needs these audio recordings. Mason tells Rufus that he has supported him with the education that he has and his job at the company and on the project, that Rufus owes him a debt and these recordings are how he repays that debt. So very unhappily, Rufus hands over the recording from the mission they've just been on. We get a short scene with Wyatt where a doctor is patching up the poor job that Rufus did of trying to remove the bullet. Um, we're reminded that Wyatt is uh, very much a loner at this point in his life and there's no one coming to collect him and drive him home. He says he'll call a cab. And lastly, Lucy arrives back home. It's the night of her engagement party. She tries to speak to her mother um, about her dad and her mother reacts very angrily, saying, you want to bring this up tonight of all nights? So it's clear that it's not a subject that her mother wants to talk about. And maybe it's been a source of ongoing friction between Lucy and her mother in the changed timeline that her mother knows, but Lucy doesn't know. And it ends with an appearance by the man she's engaged to, who of course she doesn't know at all. This will be picked up in the next episode, but for now, that's the end of episode two. So I think this is another very strong episode. The stakes are getting higher. Things are getting worse for the good guys in various ways, certainly more complicated. The focus is very definitely on Lucy's story. We're seeing much more about her life outside of the missions that they're all going on. I've mentioned that I think it's unlikely that a soldier like Wyatt would be questioning his orders to the extent that he is. My other reservation about this second episode is that structurally, in terms of the way the story works, it is very similar to episode one. They go back in time, they try to work out what Flynn is doing, they have a setback, which in this case is Wyatt getting shot, they work out that what Flynn is trying to do is to make a bad situation worse, in this case, trying to ensure that the wider conspiracy around Abraham Lincoln's murder is more successful. To radically alter American history. Flynn and Lucy manage to have a brief conversation on their own, away from the others. 
history has changed, but not radically in terms of the general scope of the whole of American history. We get more on Lucy's home life. We get more on Rufus's relationship with Mason. And we're reminded that Wyatt is very much a loner after the death of his wife. So although the historical events are around Lincoln rather than the Hindenburg from episode one, it's a very similar story told in a very similar way. And I can only assume that it was deliberate that the production team of the show set out to really establish a kind of blueprint for how the series would work. But for a series that we all hope has some longevity, they're going to need to mix it all up a little bit more, I think, in order to maintain our interest. And I'll definitely be talking more in the podcast to come about the ways in which the episodes follow a sort of generic pattern or shift away from that. And the thing that's really going to help, I think, is the development of the mystery around Rittenhouse, which will give a sense of the story developing and changing as it goes on. So that's about it for episode two of Timeless Files. I think it's the acting performances as much as anything that made episode two so enjoyable, especially Abigail Spencer's performance. Uh, The script really revolves around her and she does a great job of conveying the emotional conflict that surrounds her both as a historian and in her personal life because of all the changes that have happened to her. So thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time with episode three, Atomic City. You can find these podcasts in all the usual places and please follow at Timeless Files on Twitter and let me know how you think I'm doing with the podcasts and share any news views that you have on Timeless. And if you want to have a look at my personal Twitter account, that's at C Butler Writes. Okay, so thanks again and I'll see you next time. <laughs>